This is Mission Disco, a conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick. And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation. Simon, you're you're literally wearing the exact same jumper <laughs> as, last, as last time. So are you, you're dressed the same. <laughs> you have Are you just trying to frustrate me by wearing the same? Blind it's fine. You. It's fine. I accept it. In fact, it's growing on me. Is it? It is growing on me. You can get there. It's pennies. Yeah. You can get <laughs> is that where you got it? <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for sharing that. And we have D with us. D is sort of listening yeah. in and sounding, teching. That's very technical. Yeah, sure. sure. Editor in chief. Thank you, D. For all you do. <clears throat> so, um, I feel um, so. the The topic that I want to bring up today is uh, it, it, maybe it's something to do with with a response to a cultural narrative that I that is either emerging or is current or present about the self. So this is this is a, a relatively modern idea, actually. The self. Um, it's maybe 200 years old. It's not, you know, the idea of the, the ego and that's very kind of rooted in Freud and enlightenment, you know, establishing the enlightenment. But in the time in which we live now, we have this, this kind of argument that's being made that, that the primary concern of our lives really should be self-care self-love, um, which those are both good words. They're both meaningful. So something has changed since I would have been young and there would have been words like self would have been associated with negative ideas like self-interest, selfish, self-centered, mm. you know. And something has happened. Something has changed. I don't know in my I th- life. I remember when being younger, thinking about just when you're talking there, thinking about being on holidays when you had a camera before camera phones, and you used to take it with your film, and you know you used to take pictures. Whenever you got your pictures back from the developer, there were pictures of where you were on holidays. You weren't in any of your pictures. <laughs> That's how you, you knew they were your pictures. Yeah, yeah, they were your pictures because you were the only one not in them. And I always remember a friend who hopefully isn't listening to this, who used to always <laughs> want to be in her pictures. And I could never understand why she'd want to be in her own pictures. So what I used to do is move the camera slightly away. So cut her out of the picture and everyone else would be in it. Wow. But it's strange to think about that now in a world that people wouldn't want to be in their own pictures because everyone wants to be in their own pictures. And We've cameras on the front of our phones for that very purpose. That, it's yeah. all about us. I, I think selfie is in the dictionary now. I think it's it's yeah, it's an official crazy. word. It's hard to find pictures of me as a child because so few pictures would have been taken at mm. all. Mm. You know, just the idea of like capturing forever and posterity. That certainly is evidence of something. Mm. So I don't know if it's life imitating art or art imitating life but um you know is 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 the sort of selfie camera technology changing the way we understand ourselves and changing mm. the way we interact with ourselves or is it the other way around is 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 our psyche sort of you know craving yeah. essentially creating the market for such a thing mm. um 
we, we love ourselves. We want to see more of ourselves, uh, take, take a deeper look at ourselves. I, I mean, it's, it's a confusing thing as a Christian, uh, and as somebody who does care about development, um, about maturity, you know, so we're talking about what does it mean to be a mature person? Even, even in the world of mission where so much of what threatens mission is burnout and I, I don't know, resiliency and people maybe not taking good care of themselves. Mm. And so there is a part of me that wants to agree and say, yes, take care of yourself. Um, and then, and then there is a theological thread, isn't there? That, that, that God loves us deeply. Mm. He cares about us. His affections are on us. He wants us well and rested and cared for. And so would it be wrong then to want what he wants, you know, mm. to, to support what he supports, which is mm. he loves me. He wants me mm. to be cared for. You know, he wants me to lie down in green pastures. Mm. Should I make that a part of my own life's work? <laughs> yeah, and is it the focus? Is it putting yourself as the... Like in the selfie, putting yourself in the in the center and you being the focus. Because, yeah, we do obviously have stories of Jesus going away to be by himself, to taking a break from the crowd. But it wasn't necessarily for himself. It was for him to hear from his father. And I think that sometimes we think of rest as, and the things that we do for ourselves is all about us and making us feel happy and us feel comfortable and us feel rested. Whereas actually it's a little bit more about, well, who's God in that rest and where is God in all of yeah. those things? And what's the purpose of our seeking the, the self-care? Yeah. Okay. So we could talk about it from the from the vantage point of motive. You know, what? Why do you? Why are we drawn towards rest or self love or self care or whatever? But we have to also then wrestle with what I, I mean the the very clear teaching of Jesus against the self. You know, in, in a sense, Jesus, I mean, very clearly Jesus said, no one can be my follower, like no one can come after me unless they first deny themselves. So this this suddenly becomes, well, it's either a paradox, which I don't think it is, but mm. it's either some sort of paradox or it's or it's an out-and-out -out contradiction. Um, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus and to actually understand and and integrate and embrace the idea of self denial in a culture in a season in a time where self-love is highly celebrated mm -hmm. and rewarded if if you want to do a, so, a post on social media that that everyone likes just say something about loving yourself or taking mm -hmm. care of yourself mm -hmm. or looking after yourself mm -hmm. and if if you want to get one that is not of interest to people say Sacrifice, lay down your life, mm. go and die somewhere, you know, deny yourself, your basic needs, your whatever. Mm. That's just not popular. So, of course, we, we should not, cannot be ultimately swayed by what is popular. That can't be our gauge of truth. But what is it, Simon? I mean, where where, where in there is the... Is the um, the truth of it, you know, the truth of it. Between Jesus saying you, you must deny yourself um, and to 
to not seek, like Matthew 6, I think, don't seek for what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear. The pagans run mm. after such things. You and know? is it a focus or is it a change of focus, a focus on God and Jesus and what Jesus wants and wants for our lives versus, uh, yeah, what we want to do and what we want for our lives? And do we treat something like the Sabbath as a, a place of rest and restoration and a place to know God again? Uh, I think sometimes we can think about Sabbath as the thing that we, we work really hard during the, the week and then we have this mm. day that we just crash. Mm. Um, I think, the, I think yeah, have we, have we just come from a world that's uh, worked really hard and we see self-care is really important? Are people working more hours that self-care is a more relevant thing for us nowadays that we do need to um, take care of ourselves because people are doing much more hours? But that self-denying thing, there's um, I need to find it. Well, there's a... There's a uh, something social scientists and cognitive theory called self-serving bias. And the idea is, I, I, I always loved the, there was a, a study done where they took students in a room and they gave them bogus fake personality tests. And so you, mm. you get back your results. You took a, you took a fake personality test and then they just gave random results, but the results were positive. Yeah. And so if you give people positive results that say, Oh, you're, you're very good with people or you, you, you love, you know, I don't know, music or something. As long as they're positive, people tend to believe them to be mm. true. Like it's an accurate representation of them. So maybe you're actually terrible with people. You're totally introverted. But if someone, if you take a test, you think you've taken a test and the results come back, you, you love people and people love you and you're good with people. There's a part of you that goes, yeah, maybe, maybe that is true about me. And that's, this is called self-serving bias. So, there's something about this narrative that we work really hard and we never take care of ourselves. And when people say that, we all are tempted to go, yeah, that's it. That's true. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's remarkable to me how often I hear people say like, I just, I, I do so much for other people. I do so much for others, which first of all, the kind of person that does so much for others is probably not the kind of person that says yeah. <laughs> I do so much for others, but it's usually when I hear someone say that to me, I, I, I often think, Hmm, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that about you necessarily. Um, just from first glance, but it's a belief. It's like a story. It's a narrative that we're being offered that you never, you all you ever do is care for other people. You're so giving, you're so sacrificial mm. and you never take time for yourself and you never look after yourself. And when that narrative is offered to me, it's mm. very tempting to, to believe that it's true, true. Yeah. even though it may not be true or at least not in, in, in human histories or in mm. comparing this generation. Mm. Are we so selfless? Mm. Mm. Are we so giving? that really the correcting word we need to hear is, you know what, for once, just take care of yourself. Mm. Just mm. for once. Because you do so much for so many other people. For once, look after yourself. Or is it is it all kind of just a diabolical trick mm. um, that actually that narrative taps into this self-serving bias where, where I... I want to believe that that's true about me rather than hear a word of maybe I don't do much for other people. Maybe most of the time 
I'm self-interested. And that is maybe a thing that I might offer to God in repentance. I might even say, God, this is something I don't really like about my heart or like about the way I look at the world. I, I'm, I'm a little too self-concerned, and I'd like to be more giving, more selfless. But we can't hear that message anymore because we've believed this other thing. Yeah. yeah. And so anybody that's sort of, you know, pitching the the word of self-love mm. is like, yes, that's it. And now I just wonder if it's a kind of blindness then to our own selfishness. Mm. Mm. And then also an excuse. Of course, our, our bigger concern here is always about mission. So it, does it become a kind of excuse to, to step out of the world mm, of mission? Mm, yeah. Because I need to go look after myself. Yeah. And I think, I suppose, reflecting and, and thinking back over my life and seeing, you know, when I was single or when I was, I was with someone, it's, you have a lot more time. You have a lot more time to give. You can give yourself more. You can sacrifice more. You can stay out all night. You can get up early. You can do long days. As life goes on, there's different life stages and, and you know, you're working or whatever else comes along and life looks different. And what does self-denial, what does it look like to deny yourself at different points? Because you could look back and go in your 20s, yeah, you've loads of time, you did lots of things. But actually, what does denying self? And I remember being really challenged by... Um, which is Paul's life generally, and there's loads of people in the Bible, but one particular, um, there's a few verses in Acts, and he says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prisons and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Grace. It's just really challenging reading that. What a great, what a great choice to to read that because isn't that isn't that where Agabus tells him, like he t- yeah. does that sort of theatrical thing and takes his belt off and yeah. says the man I bind with this belt will be bound in the same way, and they're all crying, like his best friends, Timothy, Luke, probably they're all crying saying, "Do not do this. Like look mm. after yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like don't." Yeah. How could this possibly be God's will for you to step into this place of suffering, self-denial? Like, look after yourself, take care of yourself. And they, Mm. and it feels right for them to do that, to argue, to save his life. And then his response, isn't his response like, why are you weeping and breaking Mm. my heart? I am ready not only to, to go to Jerusalem and, but to die there. So, that what a great example too of like the selfless the self-denying life that god is calling him into and this urge for the people around him to say no take care of yourself look after yourself Mm. it is they're both there yeah yeah that's all you were gonna say about that but i wanted to (laughs) you gonna say something now you just started talking (laughs) you just interrupted (laughs) <laughs> you keep going. <laughs> i think yeah yeah in that passage there's the kind of compelled by the spirit to do it and i think sometimes our desire for self-love is a uh, compelled by myself or compelled by the narrative that we hear around us um and is there that willingness to hear jesus call us to maybe not to go and face prisons and and death 
but what is um, God calling us to? What are the difficult things God calling us to? What are the areas of our lives that God's asking us to invite people into to make our lives not as comfortable and safe as maybe we want them to be? Hmm. Um, and just that conviction to say, my only aim, my only desire is to finish the race that, that Jesus has asked me to do. Hmm. Um, I was not saying that Paul didn't take that time out and didn't take that time, um, quiet time away from people, whatever it might be, but just that that willingness to deny himself, deny his comfort and his safety, his own life to follow what Jesus had asked him to do. Yeah, I guess I've always loved the word selfless, you know, mm. um, because, well, it reminds me a little bit of John the Baptist, you know, where he says, I must decrease so that he might increase. And this, this like living for another person, essentially, that at least to me, what I, what I think it means to be a follower of Jesus is that I've, I've sort of said that my life is for him now, my, that I live for him, not myself, that mm-hmm. I've, I've chosen a different center of my life than me. Yeah. And I guess I just don't really believe it. I, I don't believe in the end that, that we are these selfless people, mm. that, that, everybody's just running around giving so yeah, much yeah, to yeah, others. Yeah. I think, I think at our core, we're, we're actually still very selfish mm. that we're still self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can seem selfless when you're younger and you have less commitments. You, you don't have a proper job. You don't have all these things. You can seem more selfless. How have you found it having uh, maybe a job or having kids or being married? How, what does selflessness look like then? Because then you can see if you look selfless and you're denying yourself, then your family, other people yeah. around you, your friends yeah. suffer because of what yeah, you're it's, doing. It's, it's, I, I, I don't think selflessness is glamorous. I think it looks like the dishes and a dirty diaper. It's not, mm. it's not, maybe, maybe we could talk about, yeah, in our early days of kind of brave, bold missionary steps that we took to go into challenging places or something like that but selflessness that's a virtue right Mm. it's a it's a deep humility it's and it would express itself anywhere you are you know just as selfishness or self-centeredness also expresses itself wherever we are because sometimes then maybe when we're thinking about church church planting mission and we're giving all our energy to some of those things it actually is a selfish thing, not necessarily a selfless thing. Could because be. it's building. Could be. It's building our thing, building our empire. Could be. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'd ha- we'd have to search our hearts on the things mm. that we're doing in Jesus' name, as to whether or not they really for- were for mm. Jesus or not. Um, and if we're not really willing to change a diaper, mm-hmm. then it might call into question just how sincere those bigger ministry gestures yeah. really yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's still this, this danger, this perilous kind of message that we're, I'm afraid, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a whatever doomsday, but I'm afraid we we've taken into ourselves, our psyche. We we have really believed that we, we do too much. Mm. We help too many people. Mm. And I feel like that's such a threat to the missionary way of life because it actually 
those of us that continue to pour out and continue to give to the poor or stretch our resources or make our homes open or whatever, we're actually kind of looked down on. Mm. It's feeling mm. like we're, we're a little derided, like we don't take proper care of ourselves. You know, it's only been in recent years, for example, that my staff have come under fire for not making enough money. This is a really interesting dynamic because there would have been a time where their choice to be sacrificial to like live on less money would have been seen as admirable like virtuous yeah. right um in a world where christian leaders are making loads of money or something our people said no i'll, I'll take even less than a poverty wage or something and it's it's something to be admired whereas people look down on it now they to do. say this. yeah it's 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 as if we we start to feel conspicuous about that mm. or embarrassed because i don't know we're not taking proper care of ourselves or something mm. um and i'm not i'm not close to that that critique i mean i, I think we need to think about it and look at it and mm. maybe maybe we need to do better and probably we do in that area but it's just strange that it's turned on us you know yeah, that yeah. and i do think it's a part of this this narrative that's out there that says you know you got to look after yourself stop stop trying to help so many people mm. you know but again i just don't believe that I, I that is not my experience i don't just see everybody helping so many mm. people mm. and they finally need to go have a spa mm. day or something mm. because they just do so much for so many people i just think mostly our lives are spa days yeah 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 and it's it's really the volunteering or the caring for the poor or something like this. That's very rare mm. in point of fact. But but we want to believe it isn't. Mm. You know, we want to believe this story that we're just so stretched and we're so selfless mm. uh, when we really aren't. I think it was it C.S. Lewis that maybe coined the term self-forgetting, like the grace of self-forgetting. So I don't know if it's so much about, at least for me, if it's so much about, I don't know, putting myself down or saying I'm I'm worth less than the people I'm trying to love or the population I'm trying to reach or something like that, but there is a kind of there is a kind of um, I don't know zone you get in in life in ministry where you're loving people freely, openly, joyfully, and you just kind of forget about yourself. So it's no longer attention. It's not like, oh, I need to stop and take care of myself, or I'm not doing enough for myself, or I feel like I need time for myself, or it's me time, I need some me time. You just forget about yourself. Mm. And that that can be, at least in my experience, that can be a very joyful thing, a very beautiful thing, uh, to just love and to pour yourself out for others, including your family and your kids. <laughs> mm. uh, not, not, not to... Not to, to to put maybe our our home life or our family life in some other other category that we're denying but to just be pouring yourself out for people really loving people when we do that especially in Jesus name and with his strength and with his power i think we feel more rested more whole i mean surely you're depleted but there's a kind of resource that you're drawing on the provenient grace mm -hmm. that we're experiencing which I just don't know if it's possible any other way. It's like Jesus saying, look, if you want to save your life, you have to lose it. Mm. But, you know, if you're, if you're trying to grasp at your own life, but be your own savior, 
which is which is kind of the message of self-love like look after yourself you know because he won't he's not and if you just do what jesus said you'll just find yourself in shambles on the side of the road you know in tattered a tattered life you know exhausted and whatever like that's what jesus will do to you if you just follow him so take care of yourself look after yourself but it's this belief that i think this deeper kind of christian belief that's that's thousands of years old which says actually if you'll if you'll if you'll give yourself to him fully he will take care of you that's Mm -hmm. matthew 6 right look at look at the look at the sparrow look at Mm -hmm. look at the the flowers in the field, they don't they don't spin or toil, and yet your heavenly father sees them, he knows their needs, and he provides for them, he takes care of them. Like if we choose to to be the object of our own self-love or self-concern or self-care, then we become the primary caregivers for ourselves. But if instead we will love others, pour ourselves out for others. We allow God to be to the primary the care. caregiver yeah. <laughs> for yeah. us. I still think that's true. You know, mm. I don't know. So it's uh, it's um, it's challenging, and and may- maybe you keep bringing up the the issue of the question of rest, and there is a kind of integration there, isn't there? Talking about I need time, and 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 the idea of rest, of course, is a deeply biblical. Um, theme. So what do we make of that? So if if we just go with what I'm saying, like give yourself away and God will take Mm -hmm. care of you. But yet there's this mandate, I mean, from the beginning to, to set aside, you know, Mm -hmm. a 24 hour period every week, Mm -hmm. at least for something other than work. I mean, how can we integrate those two ideas? Like to, to embrace rest and the rhythm of rest while also saying my life is for others, you know? Yeah. I, I think it, it can be a hard thing. Some people, I'm not probably great at doing it. I think some people are, are very good at taking that time and very intentional about it and taking it with family. Uh, I think it's a hard, it's a hard one to do when life seems to be busy outside of work as well. I think it can be a hard thing to do. I think sometimes taken and I don't do it every week, but once a month, Sabbath and time away in a time of space, a time of quiet, a time of silence, I think is really important um, to do. And, and, and it's something that you need to put in place and be intentional about putting in place because it's not just going to happen. Um, um, and it's, it's not to do just, it's not a spa day. Uh, it is a time to reflect and to pray and to be quiet and to be mm-hmm. still and hear from God mm-hmm. and be energized by God, not by the sun or the jacuzzi. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's it's a hard one to do. Do you have particular But it doesn't but I think it's a good point though. It doesn't really stand out. It's not like six days are for God and one day is for you. Hmm. Yeah. It's like the seventh day is also for God. Yeah. Because if you know, if, if I remember that command correctly, it's remember the Sabbath. So yeah. there's something to do with God did this yeah. first. Yeah. So the first thing it's still obedience. Mm-hmm. Like why do you take a Sabbath? Because he told you to. Yeah. And then keep it holy. So what does that mean? It means don't let the work stuff that yeah, you do yeah. infect it somehow. Yeah. And and remembering our relationship with God, cultivating our relationship with God, doing something other than our work is, well, I think we can see at least psychologically and sociologically the value in that. Like we can pull it apart and say, ah, that actually yeah. makes for a healthy person, you know? And and maybe we've we've called that self-care 
you know we've called that day mm-hmm. something other than mm-hmm. sabbath we've 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 taken its kind of religious connotation out of it and then it loses its moorings yeah it just focuses on ourselves yes and- exactly it, it's it's to misunderstand that actually this was also in submission to mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. and for those of us that that are tempted towards working all the time mm-hmm. like us um it, it also is an act of submission mm-hmm. to take that time to make sure that we are that there remains a Sabbath rest for people of God. We, mm. we continue to do it whether we want to or not, whether it fills us up or not, because we're meant to remember that rhythm. And again, God knows how best to take care of us. Yeah. So if I'm still just trying to say yes to him, and then at least for me in, in my life and mission and experience, I find that, you know, <clears throat> When I have healthy work rest pattern, I'm better mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. So what I actually have to bring to the table on Monday is is better. Yeah, I'm I'm more there mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. So even that's a strange thing because it's not like I'm motivated to rest just by a concern for myself like even that can be um consistent or resonant with the idea i still just want to love people i still just want to pour out my life for people in jesus name and if you're starting to feel afraid or unraveling mentally or something you ought to take some time not just because your job is to look after yourself Mm -hmm. but it's because you want to love people better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you want to love yeah. people better. I was, you know, I had all my kids here in Ireland, <laughs> as you remember, as I was lamenting. Uh, it's it was a lot, and uh, there was so there was whatever there was nine of us in in our little house here, and it just got crazy. <clears throat> and my kids are, you know, because four of them are like adult age, adultish. Um, and they're all very strong, confident, opinionated people, which is yeah. weird because I don't know where they get that. But <laughs> you know, and all in one place. Yeah, and all in one place, <laughs> and all just going at each other. Um, and then I had I had a I had a bunch of staff coming in like the day after they left, and a lot of work to do. And I just thought I am not gonna like mentally. I don't think I'm gonna make it. I think I'm gonna be, you know, in tattered ruins when these when the staff arrived. So you took a spa day? So I took, so I took a spa day. <laughs> I did. I got a, I got a hotel. I went to the Strand. I told you that. You did, yeah. 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 Um, Hardly I, a spa day. Just, but, yeah, it was. But it was just Silence. a room. It literally was just a room uh, for the night Yeah. to be alone mm. and pray and honestly just sit still mm. in a quiet room. That was it. Um. So, you know, I probably was being disobedient to begin with, like not finding that space yeah. already. But yeah. you, you do you do sense that it's coming. You sense that it's building yeah, yeah, in yeah, you. Yeah. And again, you're not doing it for, for yourself. You're not doing it out of self-care. You're doing it out of obedience to God because he's asked you to do it, but also in preparation to give yourself to others again mm-hmm. when the staff team come in. It's almost like we, we ought to surrender to the work of God 
toward others and toward us. So yes, he means to care for us. He he is our shepherd. Mm-hmm. And he will lead us by still waters. He wants to do that. He 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 means to do that. And we ought not to you know, object or stand in the way of that work. We ought to we ought to surrender mm-hmm. to his work of care for us. But maybe that's it. Maybe that's the the solution here is to 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 take the self out of it. That yeah. that, that actually we do need to be cared for, but we we ought to let God be the caregiver. primary caregiver yeah. in our lives and yeah. to not take that back from mm-hmm. Him because mm-hmm. we're probably going to do a poor job anyway. Yeah, you you loving yourself, you caring for yourself, um, is probably not. Not, you're not going to do as good a job as he would anyway. I really like the idea of, you know, the um, apparent contradiction in Christianity and Christian mm-hmm. life, you know, where Jesus talks about out of the overflow that you'll serve others. And mm-hmm. then you read something like the Beatitudes and you're going to go and love your enemy. And it's very, very self-sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like there's this tension um, and when you explore those, like live within the tension, I think rest for us sometimes isn't really what we're led to believe it is. Do you know, like it's nearly a product of marketing now that <laughs> when you take rest, there's, there's a, a pitch or a product that they yeah. sell and we're after, we're after swallowing yeah. the line whole, you know, and like you said, I really like Brian about like giving yourself over fully to God. Um, mm. And let him be the primary caregiver. Mm. Like that's not a notion at all. Mm. Yeah. Even common in in Christianity, you know. Um, so, I think there is a huge need for um, work life balance and people to maintain he- healthy boundaries in their lives. But I don't think what we think self care is yeah. is the Christian yeah. perspective on it. You know. Mm. Um, yeah, and even even like. I'd say that somewhere in there is this this competing truth that people really don't like themselves. That there is there is a sort of epidemic of self hatred, and so maybe the best rendition of this idea is that we're trying to combat that. That you ought not to hate yourself. <laughs> you know that you are the object of God's love, and you ought to know that. And before you can love others, you have to. Yeah. At some level, accept that love for yourself. You know, realize that you are loved yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but how quickly that can be, something can be lost in that. So I, I would never want to diminish that possibility. For those that do struggle, you know, mentally or psychologically with the belief that they're lovable mm-hmm. in any way or mm-hmm. worthy in any way. And someone comes along and says, you know, you ought to love yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to start by loving yourself. There is There is something really important and meaningful mm. in that gesture and maybe that's where it begins somebody somebody who you know starts talking about that means to undo or unravel that lie that you you are that you are unlovable yeah and that you actually hate yourself but i but i also find it's a strange truth that that the people i know who struggle with kind of self-loathing or self-hatred also have a kind of pride in that you know a kind of 
kind of belief that they're better in a sense than other people like god loves everybody but me mm. you know he can love and does love everyone but not me, not me. um and so so still the, the self-forgetting is is possibly the healing way for them too that it's not so much that you you know of course you should not hate yourself but maybe don't love yourself either just give yourself over to the one who loves you and everyone completely and totally and don't worry so much about yourself <laughs> then maybe that's the don't, don't think so much about don't worry so much about you know who you are and what you're doing and whether you have it right or wrong or you did or said the right thing or wrong thing in a certain situation but to just entrust yourself over to his love his care and his forgiveness mm -hmm. for anything you've ever done mm -hmm. wrong you know well thanks for sorting that out for me you've been listening to mission disco a podcast by praxis movement you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at praxis movement subscribe like or download this podcast on itunes soundcloud or online at praxismovement.com